Hey everybody, welcome to Pedestal. Today we're going to kind of introduce a new type of Pedestal episode that we're calling Open Book. And what it is, it's instead of what has typically been the journal entry, spoken journal entry types, this is going to be more of a scriptural teaching episode. And we're going to start incorporating more of these throughout the podcast because it's not just about how I feel or, or what kind of God's put on my heart and how he's changed me over over the course of my life, but it's also about opening up his word and diving deeper and studying that and, and growing in that together. As God reveals things to me, uh, continue to reveal things to you and vice versa. So yeah, I'm excited for today. For those of you who are listening to Pedestal for the first time, welcome. We're super excited to have you guys. Um, Pedestal is a community of people who understand that though each human is a beautifully crafted piece of art, we are not the greatest artwork in the museum. In fact, our cracks and fractures are not even worthy of display, yet we are still valuable. Our value, however, is found in elevating the perfect artwork in order to glorify the master artist, our creator. So we live our lives as the pedestal elevating Jesus Christ above all things. So welcome to Pedestal. So man, I am super excited about today. I think this is going to be a really cool new wave of episodes that we're going to get to dive into together and learn about Jesus and grow in Him uh, at a more intimate level because God wants a close relationship with us. He doesn't want this surface kind of level where we just kind of understand a little bit about Him and just trust the rest of the way though that's often spoken, I think God wants us to know as much about him as possible and to grow in that relationship with him, just like me with my spouse. I don't want her just to know that I'm a guy who cares for her and then just trust everything else. I want her to know me intimately and and, in my heart and my mind. And I want to know about her at a deeper level and still trust throughout that whole process. But I think there's more depth to it. And I think that's what scripture gives us. God gives us his revelation to us through his scripture. And so this one is, uh, it's a little more laid back. You may hear me flip pages in my Bible in this more often. And you may hear me look up stuff on my computer. You may hear some clicks, uh, but that's okay. I'm, I'm not trying to be too perfect in this. I'm pretty open and just kind of going where the Lord leads. So man, let's just kind of dive on into this. Uh, since this is kind of the intro episode, I kind of want to talk about why I believe Scripture is so important and why diving into it and studying it is such a critical part of our Christian walk. Yeah, so in John 1, let's just kind of read through it. In John 1, it walks through this, and I kind of want to just walk through this with you guys. So, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing that was created has been created. And so it's talking about this word. This is how John starts off his entire writing. In the, in the gospel here of John, this is how he starts it off. He could have started off anyway, but he decided in the beginning was the word. He wants to tell us about this thing called the word. Well, what is the word? Well, we know that there was this word with God in the beginning. And the word was God. So it was with God and it was God. Okay. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him. 
So all things were created through the word, and apart from the word, not one thing was created that has been created. So I just kind of want to cross-reference that and flip on back to Genesis 1, because that's the creation story. So if, if this is true, if what John's saying is true, then this should line up perfectly. So all things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. So I'm, I'm not going to read all of Genesis 1, but I am going to go through some kind of major key points to see how God actually created everything. So in Genesis 1, it starts off in the beginning, okay, similar to John 1, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So here it's telling us that God said, let there be light. He didn't think, let there be light, or hope that there would be light and there was light. No, he said that, let there be light, and there was light. So this is, if we kind of relate it back to John 1, how do you speak? How do you say things? You say it with words. Okay, so in the beginning was the Word, and right here we're seeing that God said, God spoke in the beginning. Very interesting. Well, also, if you skip to the second day, it says, Then God said, Let there be an expanse between the waters, separating water from water. And then on the third day, Then God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered into one place. Then on the fourth day, Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse in the sky to separate the day from the night. On the fifth day, Then God said, Let the water swarm with living creatures. And on the sixth day, Then God said, let the earth produce living creatures according to their kinds. Then God said, let us make man in our image. And so there's six days of the creation process. And so we just read in all six of those days before he started creating, he said it, he spoke it, he used his words. And so as we cross reference and flip back to John 1, it says all things were created through him, through the word, and apart from the word, not one thing was created that has been created. And so I think quite literally, John is referring to God's words. His words are the word that he's speaking of here. In the beginning was the word of God, and the word of God was with God, and the word of God was God. The word of, the word of us is us, right? The things that I say, part, part of what I say is who I am. Some of the things that I say make up who I am. And my actions would be the other thing, which we'll get to that later. But anyways, so in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word well, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now we'll skip down John a little bit and kind of, we're going to hit all the points that speak on the words He or Him in reference to the Word, okay, throughout John 1. And so as we skip down, and I'm going to, We'll just say he, but every time that I say he, you can assume that I'm saying the word. I may even go back and forth with those throughout this, but we're just going to go from John 1 to John 18, and I'm going to skip some verses that don't actually directly talk about the word of God. Okay, so we've already read that first part, and then we're going to skip down to verse 10 that says, He was in the world, talking about the word was in the world, and the word was created through him. 
and yet the world did not recognize him, the word. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, or the word. But to all who did receive the word, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in the word's name. Okay, so we know the word's got a name here. Okay, interesting. Now, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father. Okay, so the word, right? We're seeing here the word has glory, and it's the same glory as the one and only son from the father. So it's one and the same. So the word is the one and only son from the father. Okay, now we're getting into it. Pretty interesting. Okay. John testify, or the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning the Word and exclaimed, This was the one of whom I said, The one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. So he's speaking on the Word here. Okay. Indeed, we all have received grace upon grace from his fullness, from the Word's fullness. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. So that's the first time we see Jesus Christ mentioned in this. And he's directly referencing his grace and his fullness and his grace and his truth and correlating it as equal to the word. And then it finishes by saying, no one has ever seen God, the one and only son which is referencing a couple verses before, the one and only Son, who is himself God and is at the Father's side. He, speaking about Jesus Christ here, has revealed him. Talking about God there. So if we can look at all of that together, it's talking about the Word and saying all these things, and then it's talking about the Word has a name. We see here, who, those who believe in the Word's name. The word became flesh, dwelt among us. So God's very words, this is crazy. God's very words that he spoke became flesh. And they dwelt among us. So they lived among us. We observed the word's glory. The glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So that's how the word revealed himself to us as the one and only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then as we skip down, it says, Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from the Word's fullness, from God's fullness through the Word. For the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The and in verse fourteen, the one and only Son from the Father showed us grace and truth. This is obviously saying Jesus Christ is the one and only Son from the Father, who is the Word of God. And so, for all my math people out there, this is the transitive property, right? If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. And so, if Jesus Christ is the one and only Son from the Father, and the one and only Son from the Father is the Word then Jesus Christ is the Word of God. And I know you may have heard that a million times. That may not be something new to you. But I'm not just saying like he lived out the words of God. 
I'm not just saying he spoke the words of God. I'm saying Jesus Christ himself was the very embodiment of God's word. Okay? Jesus Christ himself was the embodiment of God's word. Jesus Christ, the, the words of God, when he said in Genesis 1, let there be light. When he said in Genesis 1, let there be an expanse between the waters. When he said in Genesis 1, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. When he said in Genesis 1, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. When he said in Genesis 1, let the water swarm with living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. And when he said in Genesis 1, let the earth produce living creatures according to their kinds. And then he said, let us make man. When he's saying those things, those words that he's using is Jesus Christ. Now that sounds crazy, right? Because we know Jesus Christ to be the body and the person of God, or of God, right? That who came into the world uh, at the turn of our entire calendar system. It's zero, right? Before not AD, not BC, but at zero, two thousand twenty years ago, is was Jesus. That's who we know him as. But I want to say. What John's trying to tell us here is that before Jesus was Jesus, Jesus was the Word of God. Jesus has always existed, but He existed as the Word of God. And so when the Word of God became flesh, He lived on the earth as who we know Jesus Christ. Christ meaning the Messiah, the the one that it refers to all throughout the Old Testament that's coming. So Jesus Christ is not just a someone who lived a perfect life. It's not just somebody who spoke God's words. It's not just somebody who lived out God's words. But it is God's very words. So I'm going to ask you now, after kind of hearing some of that, if you could speak to Jesus Christ today, what would you say? Or more, more importantly, I guess, what would he say to you, right? If you could speak to Jesus Christ today, what would you say and what would he say? I kind of wanted to give you that moment there to kind of really think and reflect on that. If, if you could speak to him today, what would you say? What would he say? And I'm going to respond back to you by saying, All you got to do is open this book. This Bible is God's word. We understand that God's word is this Bible, right? It's, it's, it, 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 when it talks about in Ephesians six, that the sword of the spirit is the word of God, right? It tells us that we have one weapon in our entire body armor and it's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Well, what is the Word of God? It's it's this Bible that has been constructed. Gosh, there was this image that I had seen on Facebook that I actually shared. I mention Facebook a lot. I'm kind of an old man, <laughs> I guess, in that way. But there was this crazy post, and I'm trying to pull it up real quick, that I had seen on there that just absolutely blew my mind. And it was talking about all the different cross-references 
in the Bible. And I'll actually share that on the Pedestal Facebook page if you want to go check that out. But it shows all the different cross-references that the Bible has with itself in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, where it where it's talking about things that have come true in the New Testament that were mentioned in the Old Testament, or when Jesus mentions certain scriptures that he's fulfilling, all those different things. But the caption is, this might be the most amazing data picture you see in a lifetime. It shows the 63,779 cross-references in the Bible. The white bars along the bottom represent each Bible chapter, Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. The lines, color shows the references distance from the other. It says a cross-reference is a scripture that references another scripture. Um, Had the Bible been written by one person or at one time, this would be amazing. So it's saying if this was written by one person at one time, just all the overlap and cross-referencing that there was, that would be unbelievable. But the fact is as that the Bible was written by 40 authors or over 40 authors potentially over the span of 1,500 or more years on three different continents is just unreal. So if it was written by one person, It'd be amazing. And the more I look at this picture, it's just insane. So definitely go check it out on Pedestal uh, Facebook page. But the fact that if it was written by one person, it would be insane. Way more uh, in-depth than any scripture or any writing that we've seen today. More than Harry Potter, more than Lord of the Rings or whatever. Like It's unreal because there's 63,779 cross-references. So if that was written by one person, it'd be incredible. But the fact that it was written by over 40 authors over the span of 1,500 plus years, and those 40 authors were from three different continents, doesn't even make sense. That shows you that this the Bible is written miraculously. It has been constructed and put together miraculously. It is a perfect word, and there's no um, conflicting ideas that, that are happening in Scripture. The more you study it, the more you get to know it, you realize how this is a perfect linear book. Surface level, it may look like there's some things that conflict with each other, but the more you study it and dive in, you realize that that's not the case. And so I'm telling you, this book is incredible, and it's not just a book. This is God's Word. And as we just read, God's Word is Jesus Christ. This is how you get to talk to Jesus Christ. If you want to talk to Jesus Christ and hear from Him, ask something to him, you can find it in this Bible. You can find it in Scripture, I promise you. And there's so many good translations. Um, the ones, the one that I'm reading from right now is the CSB, and I think that's a great version. But there's also tons of other ones that I'll, I'll cross-reference and look at all the time is the NLT, the NASB, the ESV, the NKJV, the... NIV, the KJV, uh, just tons, the amplified AMP version. And I'm saying the letters so that you know, because I may say these things and you don't know how to look them up or which which letter correspondence, because typically when you find them, whether at the store or whether online, it's just going to have the letter format there. And so those are some really good ones, but there's tons of really good ones um, that you can look at. Those are the ones that I trust the most, but... Um, because there are some falsities. There are some that, that have taken 
scriptures completely out and don't even put in the in the bottom in the subtext what the original you know verses were. So it just removes them and doesn't even give you any idea of what they were. There's some that have really kind of gone astray. But there are plenty that are great, and you can find great ones online if you just Google search, but I'll, I'll recommend the ones that I just spoke. Um, but this is God's Word, man. This is Jesus that we're talking to. So when I open my Bible, and am I perfect at it? No. But And I used to be terrible at it. I used to hate the Bible, to be honest with you. When I was eight years old, uh, I became God conscious. I, I said that I turned my life to Christ, but I don't. I don't believe that my intentions were real back then. I don't believe that happened for another ten years when I was eighteen. But um, in in those ten years, I never really opened my Bible ever at all. And then even when I turned eighteen, uh, for the next probably you know six years or so, I didn't open my Bible very much. In in college. I made it a point to read through the entire New Testament, and I did that. It was great, right? But I just read through it. I didn't actually study it. And by the time I finished each chapter or each uh, book of the Bible, when I was done with it, I couldn't have even, if you would have asked me any question on it, I wouldn't have known because I wasn't actually studying it. I was just reading through it to get through it and just check something, check a box, right? But the reason that I did that is because I just didn't enjoy the Bible. I kind of low-key hated it. I knew that was my biggest flaw in my walk with Christ because I was praying and, and meeting with Christian people and doing all these things. But it was so boring to me. I found it so boring and bland and blah. And because of all that, I just stayed away from it. And I knew it was hurting my walk, but I just stayed away from it anyways. But when you dive into it, when you actually study it, man, take, I mean, take your time. It'll blow your mind, I promise you. God will reveal himself to you through it. If, if you're just going into it with an open heart and an open mind, it'll blow your mind. I promise God will show up because this is God talking to you. This is Jesus talking to you. And just like Jesus did miraculous things on earth, he's doing miraculous things right now through this book. And so I ask that you dive into God's word that is Jesus. Speak with Jesus every morning, every afternoon, every evening. And the more you dive in and digest, as Psalms 1 says, meditate on it day and night. If you can meditate on God's word day and night and just think about it and rest in it, you will see radical transformation in your life and you will feel closer with the Lord because you're talking to him, right? Prayer is not the only way that you can talk to God. Reading the Bible is how God will speak to you and you can ask questions to the Lord in prayer time and he may answer them straight up then or he may direct you to scripture that answer that for you. Because if he's already answered a question for you in scripture, you can't expect him to just answer it for you in prayer time. We oftentimes ask God questions in prayer time that he's already answered for us in scripture, but we're not spending our time in scripture. And so if he knows that we're we're just trying to get, you know, the spark notes way out of it, that's not a true heart for wanting to know him and, and learn him more. We're just trying to go the easy route. And so he'll, he'll keep directing us back to this scripture. And I think that that may be what he's doing to you right now, the people who are listening. I think God may be saying, hey, dive into this word. I'm trying to speak to you. This is, this is God speaking to you through me right now saying, hey, get in to my word. So I kind of want to finish on, we know that Jesus, who he was and that he was the word of God, as it, as it mentions in John 1, Jesus is the word of God. 
And we know that Jesus was the Word of God because, again, it cross-references in John 1 there all the way back to Genesis 1, that Jesus was there as God's Word in the beginning, creating all things, and all things were created through Him. And so, but what about the future? We know now and we know the past, but how do we know that Jesus is still the Word of God and still living? I thought He died and resurrected and is sitting at the right hand of, of God right now or sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. That's very true. But there's some things that we just can't fully comprehend in how, how the Spirit works and how God works and how Jesus works. And so I'm going to direct you to Hebrews 13.8 that says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if Jesus was there in the beginning, as John is uh, proclaiming, that he was there in the creation process, and he was there presently through John's life in the form of the flesh, then it's promised to us. We can guarantee, we can take it to the bank that he is also there with us right now and he will be tomorrow and the next day speaking to us through God's word, which is through prayer time and also through scripture. And man, I just think this is such an important concept to grasp and understand that this is kind of the intro. It's kind of a longer intro, but I think it's a much needed intro because if, if I didn't understand this, then I wouldn't understand the need and the purpose for the Bible. And really, it wasn't until uh, probably 2018, late 2018, I, I'd hit this dark spot and this low spot in my life. Um, I'd fallen into some temptations that I did not expect, that I thought I was actually higher than or greater than, that God showed me, hey, you're not higher than than anything, right? You need to actually lower yourself. Um, elevate God so that you can be lowered, right? John 3.30. He must become greater so that I must become lower. And so it's in that order. We have to elevate God so that we can be humbled, so that we can be drawn lower. And it's a beautiful thing. And so it wasn't until that dark spot that I hit in my life when I realized I got to stop acting like I've got things all figured out and got it all together. I have to humble myself and elevate God, elevate his word higher than me so that then I can understand and see through the correct lens how God views me and what I really am. And that's where this kind of whole idea for pedestal came from. The more I elevated God and saw how powerful he is and saw the way that he viewed me, he doesn't view me as in, or as non-valuable. He views me as somebody who is valuable because he created us. And, and nobody's going to think you're more valuable than the artist who created you, right? And so he created us. So he sees so much value in us, but we have to direct that value in the right spot. And it's not by being on top of, of things. The pedestal is meant to be lowly and elevating the greater, not meant to be on top of, of any other pedestals. It's the low base that gets to elevate the greater. And so... Man, I pray that, that this word has spoken to you. I pray that God is going to use this in a mighty way. And I'm so excited to see and to hear about it. Again, as, as always, make sure to comment on the Pedestal Facebook page. I'd love to hear how God's working in your life through this and what this means to you and any other scriptures that may go with this. And give me any suggestions about other videos or other scripture uh, verses that you want me to walk through or that you want to discuss about this. And if you've got any great ideas, please write them down below. I'd love to hear it. Uh, make sure to do it on this video, on the link uh, to this actual episode. 
that way we can kind of keep track of everything. But I love you guys. I hope this has really hit hard and hit home for you like it does for me. And I'm excited about this new journey through Open Book. So much love. God bless. Talk to you all next week.